Evil to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I'd been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 10-1-9-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-
He put on my Mars blades today. I got to get the wheels put on. He was going to do it, but I he did this for free. The other place wanted 150 bucks. This guy's like, bring them down. I'll do them for free. Thank you, Rob. Very kind of you. I also picked up my very first green biscuit. Got to get the hands going too. I can't skate without a stick. You guys know that. So thank you to Rob. Make sure you guys check out Century. Uh, Second Century Sorcerer Sports in Aurelia. Thank you, Rob, and his worker, Fraser, for all their great uh, service today. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, as you guys know, you can see the wall beside me is building. Uh, of all those, the, all those we have lost, tragically, to things like suicide or overdose in the hockey community. And uh, I feel very lucky that I'm not uh, in this picture. But I feel that I have a responsibility not just to honor those that we've lost, but to do something about the problem at hand. Uh, I mean, it seems to never end. I keep having to add people to this picture. And uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that, you know, I don't have to keep doing this. And uh, tonight's episode is in memory of my former roommate in the American Hockey League, WHL All-Star Mitch Fadden. Me and him lived together in Norfolk. We lost Mitch to an overdose in 2017. Uh, unbelievable hockey player, an even better guy. And uh, I think about Mitch all the time. Uh, just unbelievable that I just, I still can't believe he's gone. And, uh, you know, I remember Mitch and all those we have lost every single day uh, here at Puck Support. Go to PuckSupport.com. Check us out on social media at Puck Support. Can you see the new golf shirt? Hey, Dad, eat your heart out. I know you've been waiting for this. My dad's been on the golf course a lot. He's like, hey, when are you getting golf shirts? Guess what, Dad? They're in. We're debuting them right now. They'll be available on the website as soon as the show is over. What else is going on? Uh, I'm going to bring this up. I was going to wait until later, but you know what? Former teammate of mine, Jeff Irwin, is currently a missing person in the Lower Mainland. I played with him at the Burnaby Express, and uh, I connected with Ernie. That's what we called him just a few months before he went missing. And I still, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know what to say. But if anybody has any information about Jeff Irwin's whereabouts, please come forward. I know his family is, is having a really hard time, and... I'm sure we're going to talk about that because my guest had a, a close relationship with Ernie as well. And uh, this guy was a tremendous hockey player. He led the Burnaby Express in scoring en route to the Memorial, the RBC Cup in 2006, pardon me, and uh, went on to play professional, full ride scully, the whole nines, and uh, just a great guy. was uh, assistant captain, and he was a captain uh, at his university. And, you know, thinking about you, Ernie, um, you know, I fear the worst, but if anybody has any information about Jeff Irwin, please do come forward. Um, you know, let's not stop talking about him. Let's keep bringing it up. If you see a post, repost it, reshare it. I'm going to continue to do it uh, until some answers, you know, are there. So thinking about the Irwin family, you know, it's, it's a really hard situation, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep, keep bringing it up until we find answers. So, you know, Thinking about your Ernie. Uh, gonna quickly get into a sponsor and we'll uh, we'll get right into the show because I know my guest is patiently waiting. So we'll see you guys uh, in a minute. And I have an extra long intro for my guest, Darcy Rhoda. I apologize, but uh, I had a lot to say. So after this sponsor, 
Uh, we'll see you guys uh, in a minute, and then we'll take it away to the intro. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you to uh, Regan Bartell, Jesse Paradise, everybody at Team Issued uh, for their support right from day one. Uh, check it out, teamissued.ca on social media, at Team Issued. If you haven't seen this show, you have no idea how it goes, but I'm going to uh, sneak away. This one's about eight minutes, guys. Sorry, but uh, if you've seen the show, you know how this goes. We'll be back with Darcy Road in about eight minutes, guys. Just a second there. I'm having some technical difficulties, which is fine. I can play the uh, play the other sponsor. Um, listen, we'll take it away to the sponsors so that I could figure this out. Not sure what's happening. That's what happens when we do it live. But good thing because I got two more sponsors to play through. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to Aubrey at PrideTape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey at PrideTape.com. You can find PrideTape on Facebook.com slash PrideTape, on Twitter at PrideTape, and at PrideTape on Instagram. PrideTape thanks all of you for being champions for change. Awesome. Make sure you guys check out Pride Tape. I got it figured out. It's going to take about a minute and a half to upload. Uh, Everybody at Pride Tape, hello to Jeff at Pride Tape, Aubrey, all of them doing amazing work in the hockey community. Uh, You know, all the NHL teams getting involved, doing their part for equality in hockey. Uh, It's really nice to see. You guys know I made a promise. My stick, the knob, will always have uh, Pride Tape on it. And I plan to... uh, rollerblade across Canada with a stick in my hand the majority of the time. So you better believe that it's going to be uh, on my stick the entire way. We're about a minute away from this uploading. So I am going to play first star therapy. Now, before I do this, James Gardner, who you're going to see, he, he runs this program. Now he's an athletic therapist that has agreed, you know, to not only join me in my trek, uh, across Canada, but he's introduced me to Clay Williams, who's an ultra marathon runner, who's pretty much going to take on the job of project coordinator. He sent me an email today. He's like, hey, Brady, it's going to take about 400 hours uh, to really plan this whole journey. Uh, so let's get down to it. So the two of them are on the team and James going to make sure that I have an athletic therapist with me the entire way. If he can't be there, he's got connections all through Canada. And if you're an athlete of any kind, hockey player or 
you know, soccer doesn't matter. If you're a parent of an athlete, definitely check out uh, Performance Wellness from First Star Therapy. You're going to see it right now. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and MindFrame brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at MindFrame on Twitter plus MindFrameFit on Instagram. Awesome. So I think I think we got her now, guys. We'll see in about eight minutes. Darcy, I apologize. That's the beauty of doing live. We'll see you guys in eight minutes. Well, you guys all know how lucky I feel to be alive and the infinite gratitude that I have for every guest that's come on my show. To me, every episode is a gift. But tonight's episode means more to me than it usually would. I've said this numerous times growing up in Vancouver. There's no question I was a Vancouver Canucks fan. I mean, it was in my blood from day one. My dad grew up being a Canucks fan as well. My dad had hung on to every single game program that he went to with his dad and even games after that. Our house was filled with Canucks history, tons of reading material. And so those players that existed before I was alive, well, I knew who they were and I idolized them all. And one of those great players was Darcy Rhoda. Darcy Rhoda was born February 16th, 1953 in Vancouver, British Columbia, and grew up playing bantam and midget hockey north of Vancouver in Prince George. Rhoda was a star and caught the eyes of the Edmonton Oil Kings of the then WCHL, which is now recognized as the Western Hockey League. And Darcy Rhoda made an impact immediately. In his first campaign, he recorded 43 goals, 39 assists for 82 points in just 64 games, helping the Edmonton Oil Kings win the WCHL championship. And the following season, Darcy Rhoda continued up that success with a 105-point season. And in his third and final season of junior hockey, Rhoda found the back of the net 73 times and insisted on 56 more for 129 points in just 68 games. And that's when he really caught the eyes of the NHL scouts. In the 1973 NHL entry draft, Darcy Rhoda was selected 13th overall by one of the original six teams, the Chicago Blackhawks. And that same year, Rhoda was also drafted in the first round, ninth overall, in the 1973 World Hockey Association Amateur Draft. While playing for the Blackhawks, he got to play alongside the likes of legends like Stan Makita and even Bobby Orr. He was there in Bobby Orr's final season. Near the end of his sixth season with the Chicago Blackhawks, Darcy Rhoda was sent to the Atlanta Flames, where he played in the last 13 games of the season and the next 44 the following season before being moved to his hometown, Vancouver Canucks. And in his first season with his hometown team, Roto would hit career highs, recording 25 goals and 56 points. But the following season, he would be sidelined for the majority of the season, but was able to return 
and he played a key role during the Vancouver Canucks historic cup run back in 1982, where they ended up losing in the Stanley Cup final to the powerhouse New York Islanders. The following season would be Darcy Rhoda's best, where he notched 42 goals and 39 assists for 81 points, playing alongside the likes of Thomas Gradine and Vancouver Canuck legend Stan Steamer Smeal. The next season, he looked to pick up where he left off and was having an unbelievable season, which saw him be recognized as an NHL All-Star. But shortly thereafter, he suffered a serious injury that would sideline him and eventually force him into retirement. Rhoda finished his career with 256 goals, 239 assists for 495 points in 794 games, along with 973 penalty minutes. Following his career, Rhoda worked in PR with the Canucks and served at various positions in the front office. And from 1994 to 1996, he served as commentators on Canuck TV telecasts alongside the legend Jim Robson. So you have to remember, this was when I was growing up and this is when I was Canuck crazy. So I seem to see Darcy Rhoda everywhere, at the rink, on TV. He was an icon. Fast forward to 1998. And that's when Darcy Rhoda started to become a staple of junior hockey in and around the province of British Columbia. First serving as head coach of the Burnaby Bulldogs, and then he became a part owner of the expansion Coquitlam Express of the BC Hockey League. And this is where I got to personally meet my friend Darcy Rhoda. In 2003, I got called up to the Coquitlam Express for one game. By that time, I had already signed with the Swift Current Broncos, and my scholarship rights were long gone. The following year, I left for Swift Current, and you guys know how that went. It was nothing but trouble, and the following season is when I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos and returned home to Port Coquitlam. I started to skate with my old junior B team, the Ridge Meadow Flames, who were affiliated with the Express, who had now moved to the city of Burnaby. After a couple of ice times, I was asked if I wanted to sign with the Burnaby Express, so I went and I met with Darcy Rhoda and Rick Lands, the head coach. It didn't take long for me to sign that card, and I found instant success playing with the Express, recording nine points in my first three games, playing alongside then 16-year-old phenom Kyle Turris. Not long after, all the fun for me stopped. I started to really slip into addiction, and I'll tell you what, Darcy and the Express staff, they went above and beyond to try to get me help. They knew something wasn't right. I wasn't showing up for games. I was missing practices. I was an absolute mess. And I'm going to get into that during the episode. I ended up walking away from that team that year too. And they went on to win the national championship, the RBC Cup. I remember watching it on TV with a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth, not at anybody but myself, because reflecting back on it now, I know Darcy and the team did everything to keep me around, and I'm happy they won the RBC. Fast forward about eight years, I was now no longer playing hockey, and I was out of rehab for the first time. It was 2012, and Darcy Rhoda asked if I wanted to come speak to some of the Express prospects and share my story. With zero hesitation, I agreed. And a couple days later, there I was sharing my story to the prospects of the Coquitlam Express. Following that, my life fell apart even more and I was completely disconnected from everybody, including Darcy Rhoda. 
but he's a member of the Vancouver Golf Club where my mom works. And so he was always asking her about me. And she would always tell me, hey, Darcy was asking about you. He wants to call you. Will you call him? He wants to take you out for lunch. Just reach out to him. He wants to see you. And to be honest, I never wanted to because I didn't want anybody to see me in the shape I was in. And then I ended up in jail. And Darcy Rhoda once again reached out to my mom and asked if he could in fact come see me behind bars. And I'll never be able to fully explain how that felt. Of course, I didn't want him to come because I was embarrassed, but I can't tell you how good it felt to know that somebody in the hockey community, a Vancouver Canuck legend, was still willing to be there for me. And though he never did come see me, the second day I was out of jail, Darcy Rhoda came to pick me up and we went out for lunch. What he didn't know is that I had actually overdosed the day before on my mom's front lawn. I almost didn't want to go for lunch, but I felt like I had to. Here's this unbelievably kind man, a hockey legend that's still willing to help me, and I'm sure glad I went out for lunch. That was the last time I saw Darcy Rhoda, and so when I picked up the phone a couple weeks ago and we were able to connect and I told him what was going on, he didn't hesitate one second to come on. There's so much more I could say and that I'm going to say, so let's do it. Let's bring him in. It, this is awesome, guys. I'm so excited to introduce to you guys a man that I really respect and admire. Please welcome my friend from Coquitlam, British Columbia, Canuck legend, Darcy Rhoda. Yes! Darcy, what's going on, buddy? Brady, it is so great to see you and have a chance to spend some time with you. Of course, our history goes way back. And what, what a great intro. Thank you very much for that. And just a real honor to be on your show, my friend. Well, I mean, come on. It's uh, yeah, you're right. We do. We have a ton of history, Darcy. And, uh, you know, I grew up, like I said in the intro, watching you. I never got to see you play. Uh, you retired just before I was born. But uh, you were seemingly everywhere when I, I saw you everywhere as a kid. And, and you just had one of those kind uh, faces with that smile that, you know, it was like you, you just an icon to, to people growing up in Vancouver and beyond and, uh, you know, getting the chance to, to really get to know you. And uh, it just seems like you always stuck, you stuck with me, man. And, and I'm sure a lot of players can, can probably reiterate that. And it just goes to show what a, an amazing guy you are. Uh, we all know you were an amazing hockey player, but just because you're an amazing hockey player doesn't necessarily mean you're an amazing guy, but you're both. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on Dars. Well, Brady, thank you very much. I mean, you grew up right next door to me in Port Coquitlam and uh, were a great star through the minor hockey system. A lot different than me. I wasn't a star in minor hockey. I never made a rep until my second year bantam, and then everything took off for me after that. But, uh, you know, you went through my career so well, and I really feel, as I say, it's a privilege and honor to be on your show. When you connected with me about two weeks ago, I, I was so glad to hear from you and you know you're, I'm just so glad where you're at you seem to be in a really good place right now Brady and I'm very very happy for you yeah thanks yeah. thanks Darcy. oh I don't know what's happening got some pick up there uh I don't uh you know I'm 14 uh just celebrated 14 months clean uh so you know what I'm you know I'm in a good place but at the end of the day I know that uh every day is you know every day is a new day and uh, you know, it, it poses new struggles, but uh, it's sure nice to hear that. And, uh, you know, it's funny. And, and I, I was going to wait to get into this. But, you know, when, when my mom told me that, you know, 
you know, Darcy Rhoda was asking about when I was in jail, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. I had not talked to, to very many people, including my dad for over a year. He didn't come see me. He didn't talk to me. And so, you know, my mom was always coming to see me and probably reporting back to my dad. But when she, when she was telling me, you know, that she saw was seeing you all the time and I knew she would see you all the time. It was like really embarrassing, but, and I didn't, I wanted, I secretly wanted you to come see me, but I didn't want to subject you to that whole environment uh, but I'll tell you what, it made me feel really, really good to know that you still had my back. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart because it, it meant the world to me then and still does now. Uh, you're very welcome. I know I asked your mom, Susan, regular about you, wanted updates, how you were doing. And uh, when she told me about the jail situation, uh, you know, that I knew that had to be an all-time low for you. And I really wanted to come and see you, but I understood the situation. And just to reconnect with you here and to see where you're at and back in Ontario. Oh, just so neat to see you, Brady. Yeah. I feel, I feel the exact same way, man. It's uh it's a, it's a real pleasure. Anytime I get to get to talk to you or see you and uh, I want to take it back. Uh, you know, let's, let's talk about your hockey career a little bit sure. before we get into the express, the express stories, because, you know, I, I think we'll walk it into there. And uh, you mentioned that you, that you didn't make a rep team uh, until you were, you know, second year Bantam. So, uh, was there, you know, at that time, did you have a goal of, of playing professional hockey? And if you did, did you believe at that time, even before when you were getting cut? And, and what was the change that all of a sudden where you get the breakthrough? Like, how does that happen? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I, I always had the desire to play in the National Hockey League. When I was growing up, there's only six teams. And actually, in grade four, I wrote in my school dictionary, when I grew up, I want to play in the National Hockey League for the Chicago Blackhawks. I was just a house league player. And uh, and I remember I was the last guy cut from my first year band. Never made a rep team in Pee Wee. And then my first year Bantam, I was the last guy cut from the team. And that, I know that just seemed to motivate me. And then in the next year, made the team second year Bantam. And things just took off for me. I was very dedicated and focused and driven and, and being able to skate outside so much to the winter in Prince George. We lived a block from outdoor rink. And so I was on the ice all the time. And uh, much like you, not able to skate without a stick. I was probably the same way. <laughs> I like having a stick in my hand too. Yeah. It's yeah. Awkward. It's it's very very awkward whenever whenever I have to skate without a stick. So I I, I hear you on that one. But uh, how did you get the chance to play uh, in, in the WCHL? I'll call it the Western Hockey League because right. that's recognized now. Let's not confuse people. But how did you get the chance to go to Edmonton? Like where did where did that stem from? Yeah. Well, I I was playing my minor hockey as you mentioned in Prince George, and I played uh got made the Bantam team. Made we in midget. I was our second year midget. We won the BC midget triple a championship i was the captain of the team and uh in the city of prince George were two players two twins named bob and ted mcanealy and their dad was scouting doing some scouting for the edmonton oil kings where bob and ted were playing and and he mentioned my name ed mcanealy mentioned my name to uh, bill hunter and he just went from there and uh i went as a as a walk-on uh, they didn't know a lot about me in uh in prince george uh, when i went to edmonton but anyway i went there and was able to make the team my rookie year as a as a grade twelve student. Wow, that's uh, it's pretty incredible. I'm lose. I think I'm losing you here. Let me hop can can you can you hear me? Yeah, just one sec here. I'm gonna take my put myself back in and put you in and put you out and hopefully that uh, that that'll that'll help things here. But uh, I think it's a really important story to to rewind there that you wrote in your journal in grade four. Um, I've got it right here. 
it, it's unbelievable. Like my school dictionary. Wow. I was, uh, I was talking to some kids last night, Darcy and, uh, over a zoom, I was, you know, doing a, a virtual coaching with my friend, Dan Spence, uh, who's a goalie coach played in the Western league as well. And we were talking about confidence and, and visualization. I said to them, I said, you know, depend, doesn't matter how old you are, uh, or where your skill level is at. Like if you have a goal and you want to play uh, in the National Hockey League, start thinking about that now. Write that down. I, I told them this last night. Write that down and start believing it right now. And then here you come on, not even 24 hours later, and and tell a story that just absolutely, you know, proves, you know, what I was saying last night. So it's it's pretty amazing, man. You get yeah, as, as I say, there's there's only six teams when I was a youngster growing up, and the chances were tough. But I was very dedicated and very focused and uh, driven, and um, just, just a real dedicated athlete. And uh, had great support from my parents and uh, had a younger brother who kind of had, had the desire, but not like I did. And uh, you know, to get that dream come true, be drafted by Chicago, and and spend six years as a Blackhawk was was pretty pretty special. Amazing. <laughs> I have, uh, it's, I'm getting some pick audio pick up there, but I have a picture of you here uh, as a young Darcy, <laughs> a, a young, young Darcy Rota there with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, walking into the Chicago Blackhawks dressing room for the first time, Stan McKeita, you're playing with guys like Stan McKeita and you ended up getting to play with Bobby Orr, like right. original six uh, as a young, a young kid, you come right out of junior, no other pro experience. You go right from junior, right to the big club. Walk us through that. And, and t if you can remember what that felt like, Darcy. Yeah. I mean, I was drafted in, in May of 1973 and it was the draft was just, it wasn't where it is today. It wasn't, it was just basically, I was back in Prince George and was drafted uh, and got a call by the Blackhawks saying, you know, you've been picked by us in the first round by Tommy Ivan, who was the general manager back then. And I just watched the Blackhawks play the Montreal Canadiens on TV in the Stanley Cup final. So here I am, you know, 10 days after the fact, what, being drafted. And then three months after that, go to training camp in September with guys like, as you mentioned, Stan Makita, Tony Spazito, Bill White, Keith Magnuson. Chico Mackey, I mean, the list went on and on. But the nice thing, they were looking for a left winger to play with Makita. And I was able to play my first half of that year with Stan Makita. And uh, we, we weren't, we, we, were, we were a good fit, but my style was very quick and he would bring the puck up very methodical, like to carry it and I would be ahead of the play. And, and so halfway through the season, Dale Talon had just come from Vancouver in a big trade to Chicago. And they put Dale Talon at center, Chico Mackey on the right side, and me on the left side. And we just took off after that. And it just was a much better fit for me. But as you can mention, imagine, Brady, to go and play for a team you watched, you know, grow up, watching the Stanley Cup final, had written in your school dictionary that you wanted to be a Blackhawk. Pretty, pretty thrilling. Amazing. <laughs> when did you... When did you actually realize that you wrote that in your in your journal? Like, was it? Did you know that? Right yeah, I, I knew that all along. That uh, I, it was my old school dictionary that I that I had and uh, had uh, written. Right. I don't know if you can see that, but there's there's where it says. Oh, you probably can't read it, but it says when, when I when I when I grew up, I want to play in the National Hockey for the Chicago Blackhawks. Oops. Wow. Yeah. That's that's incredible. That's a very, 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 very important lesson for uh, yeah. 
for the here and set uh, set goals and for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so you end up you you're there for you know parts of six seasons there. You're, you're five and a half, anyways. You go to the Atlanta Flames. Uh, you were there for a short time. What was your experience like there? Yeah, I was traded March 13th, 1979. It was a trading deadline of that 78-79 season. And when the trade happened, uh, it was the biggest trade in NHL history. It was three guys went from Chicago to Atlanta, and five guys came back from Atlanta to Chicago. So it was a it was a big, a big trade. I was very shocked. I thought it would be a Blackhawk my whole life. I went to Atlanta, and, uh, you know, I was there – Basically, 11 months, that's that summer of 79, my contract was up. And Cliff Fletcher, as a general manager, he signs me to a five-year contract. And I'm thinking, well, well, I'll be here five years, four years, three years. Eight months later, on February the 8th of 1980, I got traded to Vancouver. And it was in uh, – uh, we were taking a trip from Atlanta to Edmonton. And you get off the, the bus and at the hotel lobby, David Poyle, the assistant general manager, of course, the general manager of Nashville now – called me aside and said that you and Ivan Bolton have just been traded to Vancouver. And I was like stunned, but very happy. I mean, to come back and play for a team that I remember leaving in 1970 to go play junior hockey in Edmonton, Brady. And uh, that was the same year the Canucks joined the National Hockey League. I always wondered, what if? What if I ever became a Canuck? And here it is, 10 years after the fact, when I left to go play junior hockey, I was able to become a Vancouver Canuck. Just, just absolutely amazing. And sorry, I'm going to, I think it's your, your speakers are picking up. So if it says you're muted, I'll unmute you. Don't worry. I got you. I'll, I'll control it on my end, but uh, that's amazing. And I, I think, you know, uh, me personally growing up in Vancouver, uh, it was always a dream of mine. Obviously I never achieved it, but uh, getting to go there and obviously you guys found pretty much instant success and and you really played some of your best hockey in Vancouver is that how you felt yeah very much so and before I talk a bit about Vancouver can I tell you and I only do this for special occasions and to me it's a very special occasion I'm sitting on a chair in 1994 when they tore down Chicago Stadium and of course now they play the Blackhawks United Center they sent me a chair from the Chicago Blackhawks delivered and I sit on this occasion, and here it is right here. <laughs> my name and my number, and I thought, you know what? This is a special occasion with Brady Leopold. I'm going to sit on this chair for this interview. Well, that's amazing, Darth. Thank you so much. And uh, that must have been really cool. I mean, it's a piece of history. Well, it, it really is. And it was kind of funny in, after it got tore down, in, in mid, I guess probably September of 94, I get uh, Federal Express comes to our door and he, the doorbell rings. I answer the door and this guy's got this big package and he says it's from the Chicago Blackhawks. He was, this guy was a big hockey fan. He said, do you mind if I open it? If I stay here while you open it? I said, sure. So I didn't know what it was. And it was this, was this wonderful chair and I just had a note. Thank you for the memories, Darcy. Very classy. Wow, that's, uh, that's really cool. I mean, that must... Uh warmed your heart and i i think you know it, it's it's such a huge piece of history you know think of all the think of all the fans that would have sat you know in that seat uh to watch all the the legends uh including yourself i mean it's very 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 cool and uh obviously if it was a surprise it was even cooler but um you know tell me tell me a little bit about your your time in vancouver early on i know that uh 
obviously, you know, in your second season, I think you, you guys make it to the cup final. Talk a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about Roger Nielsen. Yeah, that, uh, that by far was the highlight of my hockey life. And you mentioned in your intro about me, I, I, Basically started started the season and then I hurt I got off got off to a pretty good start and then I hurt my ankle. I was out for like six weeks and I came back in like mid mid early March and we got hot as a team, not just because of me, but just the team started playing better. And the last nine games of the season, we went undefeated for that uh run. We were we went six wins and three ties. Did not play overtime back then. And one of the key games probably was uh, Quebec City, where Tiger Williams, who's the all-time leader in history in penalties, got in a bit of a fight near the glass, and a fan reached over and was kind of get, trying to get a tag. It was right near our bench, and Harry Neal was our coach, and he went racing in the stands and ended up getting a, a 10-game suspension. And so Roger Nielsen took over as coach, and Roger was a tremendous strategist, uh, great organized practices, uh, we all love playing for Roger. Harry was the motivator, but Roger was the strategist. And we just got hot, ready at the right time. And we're in the playoffs on this nine-game unbeaten streak, feeling really good about ourselves as a team, and played Calgary and beat them, and played L.A., beat them, and went into Chicago. And it was whoever wins this series goes to play for the Stanley Cup final. And I consider game five in Chicago uh, the biggest game of my life. But even before that point, we, we uh, won game one, and then game two is when Roger Nielsen was not happy with all the refereeing, and that's when he raised, grabbed a stick, raised a white towel, and white towel power was born. And, of course, even to this day, fans in Vancouver do the white towels. And uh, so, anyway, it was uh, that was game two. Came back, tied 1-1 in the series. We won game three, game four. So we'll go back to Chicago for game five and knowing if we win this game, we go to the Stanley Cup final and we won the game 6-2. I scored the fifth goal while halfway through the third period to salt the game away. Biggest goal, biggest game of my life. Wow. wow. That's such a, such a neat, neat experience to have, uh, such a beautiful memory to have, and um, especially against your old team, the team that drafted you in the conference finals to, to get to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, what was the atmosphere like in the room heading in to play the Islanders? I mean, I know you guys got swept, um, but, you know, you guys weren't given much of a chance. I know they were so good, but uh, did it almost feel like, you know, you guys, you know, you won even though you just got to the Western Conference finals, or, or how was the mood in the room? Yeah, the, the, the mood was real positive. We, we thought we had it. We, we felt really good about ourselves. We were going in there with a lot of confidence. We we went from Chicago right to New York to, to play the Islanders for the first two games. The, both games were very close there, and we could have split there. And But they, as you mentioned, Brady, they were a great team, and led by Trotche and Bossy and Gillies and Billy Smith on, on defense, Dennis Potvin. They were a solid, solid team. And we came back to Vancouver, and uh, it, it was – I mean, white towels, see a white towels in the Coliseum. Uh, it was remarkable. And, of course, we lost both games. But after the series was over, uh, the city had a parade for us. It was like we won the Stanley Cup, as you say, and uh, even though we didn't. But uh, it was pretty special. And it's my most special memory, a lot of memories, but that Stanley Cup run. And, and after uh, the parade, the mayor of Vancouver, Mike Harkark, had a 
lunch for us. The Griffiths family had a dinner for us. We had different events were going on. My parents were in Prince George. When are you coming home, Darcy? And I said, I'll be home probably in a week, but please tell nobody I'm coming home. I want to lay low for a couple of days. I didn't know they were under pressure from the city of Prince George. When is Darcy coming home? When is Darcy coming home? So when I said I was coming home, flying home, I got to the airport in Prince George. I'm walking down towards the uh, terminal, and I see a bunch of people with towels. I'm like, what's, what's this? There was 2,000 people at the airport to meet me compared to when the Islanders won the Stanley Cup. I think they had like 200 people at the airport to meet them. They got back early in the morning, but it was just – a huge, huge thing, you know, and your dad would have been a big fan back then watching the games for, for sure, Brian. Well, I, I know for sure that actually my mom and my dad were at quite a few of those games. I think my aunt was even at the, the Stanley Cup final, Darcy, and, um, you know, I heard tons of stories, and it's so cool, and, uh, you know, you got to play alongside some great players, and the next season you found really great success before injury, and I could see the jersey behind you. You were an NHL All-Star. Yeah, that's uh, that's in my – I'm in my home office here in Coquitlam, and that was the – the all-star jersey that uh, I wore and they give to you. Uh, I, interesting enough, I wore 18 uh, in Chicago, Atlanta, and Vancouver. And of course, I would like to have 18 in the all-star game, but Denny Savard had more all-star appearances than me. And of course, he wore 18 in Chicago. So they gave me the closest number next to it was 17. So I, I was very happy with that too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's hilarious. You're just happy to be there, I guess, at that time, right? But what a what a cool jersey that is, you know, and, and such a great memory. Um, you, you ended up, you know, having a great, you know, first half of the year. You end up getting injury and getting into retire. And I'd like to know, obviously, I know you got into uh, working with the Canucks and that, but how was your experience from retiring from hockey? And I always ask this because the – you know, I hear from so many guys, guys that played in your era, uh, from Terry Raskowski, uh, who was a coach of mine, and, and you know, guys that played in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, guys that just retired. They have, a, they have a really, really hard time finding their way when they're done playing. How was your experience from after retiring? Well, first of all, Terry Raskowski, very classy guy. He was part of the Chicago Blackhawk team we beat in 82. He was the captain of the Blackhawks, as a matter of fact, and great, great, gritty competitor. I always had a great respect for uh, Terry Raskowski. And, uh, yeah, my last year was my best year ever. And you mentioned that scored 42 goals. I was the first Canuck ever to score 40 goals in a regular season. And I was feeling, you know what, gosh, this hopefully this will continue. And then I got an, a neck injury and uh, caused me to miss some games in late in the season and required a spinal fusion. And I, I was hoping I could come back. But, the, the, you know, when I started skating and got involved with contact, the doctors felt, you know, probably best – you, you retire. So I actually retired December of that 84, 85 season, not playing a game. And uh, I, I was very fortunate, Brady, that the Canucks asked me to stay involved in the organization, uh, being a BC boy, do some PR, do some community stuff. Uh, uh, I did some scouting for top, looking at top draft picks down the road. Um, but it, it is tough. I mean, it's, it's your life. It's what you want to do. And here's me coming off my best year ever in the National Hockey League. I was an all-star of the year before, 42 goals, playing the Stanley Cup playoffs final, and then I get this injury. So it was it was really, really tough. I, I was very fortunate to have a good support staff around me. I, I wasn't married at the time, but I, my parents were very always been very supportive. But it was tough. Mentally, it was tough. And uh, I think having the opportunity to stay involved with the Canucks and stay involved with hockey, not knowing where I wanted to go with my life at that point, 
it, it, it was it was difficult, but uh, you know, I, I realized I kept saying to myself, Darcy, you've had a great opportunity to play in the National Hockey League. You had eleven good years. You were great friends all over North America. You know, it is time to move on, but it, it, is, it is an adjustment. There's no question about that. It's, it's tough. Well, and, yeah, I think it's really hard for everybody. And I have a question. This is a total fan question. And I, this, this, you know, this is a really hard question, but there's one player that you played against or with that was the wow factor. Who comes to mind? Played with or against? Well, I would say you mentioned Bobby Orr. I would say Bobby Orr. I had the the honor to play with him at the end of his career when he finished in Chicago. But I also had this great honor to play against him when he was in Boston. And uh, it never really was the right fit. It didn't seem right where he was playing in when he came to Chicago. Science that kind of a free agent. He was a very classy player to play mm-hmm. with. But we always kind of thought, you know what? He probably should have finished his career as a Boston. Bruin, but he was a great team guy. I always, always, that was one thing I remember about Bobby. Whenever we went to a city, he'd always want to say, okay, guys, let's, we're all going out for a, a quick beer before you go or a drink and uh, or a glass of water or whatever it may be to get together. And then just, he was a real great, great team guy. And I remember about Bobby and, uh, and such a dynamic player. Changed the game completely, you know, the way he played it. And I think he led the league in scoring one year, didn't he? Yeah, he he sure did. I mean, he really was uh, the reason why we see offensive defensemen now. There was nothing like that before. Uh, interesting fact: some people that watch the show know this. Um, that uh, currently, you know, where I'm living, uh, Harry Sinden, a hockey legend. I live with his niece, actually. Oh, is that right? Oh, very nice. Well, Harry was a great coach in Boston, and uh, you know, uh, had great success with the Boston Bruins. There's no question about that. All that. Yeah, and he's still he's still uh, you know he's still uh, doing his thing there, and he's uh, involved uh, in a small way now, but will forever be a Bruin, that's for sure. Very cool story there. Um, I want to get into you know your transition, uh, you know, outside of playing, and I know you did some broadcasting and that, but we'll fast forward a little bit uh, to your jump into junior hockey. Now, uh, was that something that you always had your, your sights set on? Is that something that you wanted to do? I know you took on the head coaching role for the Burnaby Bulldogs. That was uh, I was at a quite a few of those games at Bill Copeland Arena. Right. Yeah. I I I was happy kind of doing the the color work on TV for a while, and uh, I was the guest speaker in Prince George for the BCHL uh, All Star Game. I guess it was probably in uh, the this January of '98, and ran into the group that was putting together the package to put a team into Burnaby as the Bulldogs, and we started talking and just went from there. And uh, so I was hired as their first coach and did that for a couple of years and realized, you know what? I live in Coquitlam. I think Coquitlam could work for a junior A franchise in the BCHL. Um, so I talked to a couple of people I thought might be interested in becoming partners. And, and then the first person after getting some feedback, positive feedback, I talked to the BCHL and they seemed to be interested, but I wanted to talk to Mary John Kingsbury and Coquitlam who was the mayor at that point, just one-on-one, him and I, Brady, and just went down to Coquitlam City Hall and had made an appointment and had a good visit with him. And I, the last question I asked him, I said, if junior hockey could come to Coquitlam, would you and the city council support it? He said, Darcy, 100%. So that I left their thing really good. First person I called was one of the partners. I said, this, this is going to, I think this can work. And, uh, 
we made a presentation a month later at the BCHL AGM in Victoria. And there was a guy named Pat DeLaSalle and I went over and made this presentation and we were asked to leave the room for about 15, 20 minutes. Very nervous sitting outside that room. Is it gonna happen, not gonna happen? And this is in June of uh, 2000 and we were granted the franchise. And Brady, we wanted a year, we didn't wanna start until 2021. We wanted a year to get excitement in the community, wanted to have a name the team contest, we wanted to get out in the community, do different things. We wanted to, you know, get involved with sponsors. We just wanted people to be excited January hockey coming. So we had a name the team contest and the Coquitlam Express won hands down because there's lots of trains and things like this in this community, as you know. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, Darcy, I remember that. The, I remember the buzz surrounding that. I, I believe I might may have even been at the first uh, home game there in Coquitlam and, um, you know, just uh, – yeah, it was, it's just so great that, you know, there's still, I mean, obviously things are different now with COVID it's kind of shut down, but that team is, you know, still active in the BC hockey league. And uh, I know your role is, you know, not, you're not really involved there anymore. I'm sure you will always sort of be involved in some capacity, Darcy, but um, you guys had to move to Burnaby because of, you know, rink upgrades. Is that right? Is that why you're. That, that's exactly right. So uh, then the, the new mayor who's cur the current mayor, Richard Stewart, came to me and he said he made he called me he said, i gotta meet with you one-on-one -on -one. and he told me that after our fourth year that we had they're gonna do some renovation to the rink do, you know big changes the parking new facilities and as you've seen it it's it's quite impressive but we we had he says i'm, I'm sick about this but we can't you can't play here anymore unfortunately you know we so anyway we looked at different options and we looked at we thought Burnaby, Bill Copeland was the best option. The Bulldogs were had now moved to Port Alberni. So we went there and uh, that's when you became part of our little life with the uh, Express organization. Of course, knew about you and things like that. Knew you're you know, playing Swift Current and now back and Ridge Meadows. And and we had a chance, Rick and Lance and I, to, to get you and meet with you. It was, uh, again, that's when our journey started officially. Yeah, and uh, I, I spoke to Rick a few months ago, and I, you know, it was uh, that, uh, you know, I could still remember that. I was trying to find the picture. I do have the newspaper cut out somewhere in this house of, you know, I was on the front page of the news, Leavold makes swift move, and, you know, with the story, it didn't really, you know, tell why I left or whatever. It was a, a lot of uh, homesickness and, and mental illness and, and some addiction. I think you guys knew something was going on, but uh, what a team you guys had you know, young Kyle Turris, who was just unbelievable. You know, it was uh, such a great group of guys. Was that, I know they won the national championship. You coached for a long time, but was that the best group of players that you, uh, you guys ever assembled? Well, I think when you have success like that, I would have to say yes. And you were part of that year for a while. Um, and you, you, you mentioned uh, Jeff Irwin in your little intro, and I've been in contact with his dad, uh, Bruce, and it's a very, very, tough situation uh he's been missing since september he was such a huge part of our success with the express mm -hmm. oh uh our top winger and uh all his dad i've talked to his dad probably three or four times and uh, his dad last time i talked about a month ago and his dad just last thing he says to me i just hope jeff's in a better place and you know he's going through some tough times and just uh it's, it's tough and i you know you've 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 dealt with this yourself and you're i'm so proud of the way you are right now brady you've battled back and you seem to 
have everything going well. And I'm just happy for you, my friend. And, uh, you know, poor Jeff, you know, a little different. And uh, as, as I said, I feel the same as his dad. Just hope that wherever he is, is in a better place. Yeah, and, and so do I. It's a, it's a really hard situation. He was, uh, you know, far and away probably the fastest skater on our team that year and um, just a, such a great team guy. I actually remember, and I'll share this story. So I, uh, I actually missed a game. There was a game where a bunch of people were coming to watch me play. I'm talking like somewhere in the vicinity of 30 or 40 of my family and friends were coming to Burnaby. And uh, I, I stayed up partying the night before and I ended up sleep going for a pregame nap uh, and I didn't wake up for the game. And I woke up to 76. I'll never forget looking at my old cell phone, looking down. It was like nine o'clock at night. Game was at like seven and it was like 76 missed phone calls. And I looked down, I'm just like, no, like no way. And I just remember my dad was there. He came home losing. I took off. He had to go to work or whatever the next morning. And then, you know, I ended up, you know, I remember Rick, Dave, Jeff Irwin, Brady Cook, uh, and whoever else was the captain, the Samoes maybe, they came to my house in the morning. They just let themselves right into the house, and I was not in a good way, and uh, that was when you guys really intervened. Um, and I just want to say thank you for, for trying. I just I wasn't ready to be honest. Yeah. Well, as I said, uh, I'm just happy where you're at right now, Brady. You're, you're a special young man, and – I, I look upon you. I love telling the story about you were a player for me. And uh, I was telling uh, different, some of my Canuck teammates uh, I played with uh, Dennis Kearns. I talked to him about you today and, and had a great conversation. I said, I was looking so much forward to seeing you tonight, being on your podcast and having a chance to visit with you. And, and he's from uh, Kingston. He says, well, make sure you find out where he's from. So that's why I want to ask you. You said Muskoka's? The Muskoka's. Yeah. Let me ask you, is that Bracken Kern's dad? Correct. So I played with Bracken in Norfolk for a short period of time in the American Hockey League. I will definitely tell Dennis that he's, he's, he's my closest friend of the alumni. And your ears were probably ringing about 7, well, 10 o'clock, 7 o'clock this morning here, 10 o'clock your time. And we were talking about you and we Googled you and, and I t- told him about you and kind of how where you're at and he said, well, find out where Brady lives because I'm from Kingston. Well, that's really cool because, you know, I'll share this with you. So I've become, you know, fairly close with Doug Gilmore, but also Dave Gilmore, who lives in Kingston. They're from Kingston. And, uh, you know, I got to make a trip up there to see Dave Gilmore. Uh, but definitely, I, you know, when all COVID lifts and all that, it would be very cool. Dave actually, uh, on his Dave Gilmore on his 70th birthday back in November, he actually ran 20 kilometers and b- rode his bike 50 kilometers, 70 kilometers on his 70th birthday to raise money for the puck support organization, and uh, which was really cool. So uh, ties to Kingston for sure. Oh, that's 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 awesome. That's that's really great, Brady. It, it, it is so good to see you, my friend. It really, really is. And just to see where you're at, and uh, you know, I, I I I'm just real proud of where you're at, my friend. Well. I mean, Darcy, it, uh, it's been a really, really tough road. And, you know, reflecting back on it all, I mean, there was, uh, you know, I had no ties to the hockey community, none whatsoever. Uh, I had completely pretty much given up hope. Um, you were uh, the only one um, in the pro hockey world uh, that, you know, was still 
um, extending his hand out to me even when I was going through my darkest times. And I'm telling you, there was not a single person other than you that uh, was actually, you know, asking questions or even being willing to come see me. Um, and you came, you picked me up at my mom's house that day. We went out to, uh, what was the restaurant we went to? Oh, boy. I can't, I can't. It, it was your buddy's place in Burnaby. Was it the uh, 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 the Dutch? That's right. The, the Dutch. That's right. That's right. And I was trying, I was trying to find, I was really trying to find the picture. Uh, I was trying to get a hold of my mom, but I wasn't able to get it because we had a picture taken that day. Uh, that's back in 20, I guess, 2017, right around this time, 2017. So that's four years ago, Darcy. And I just really want to, you know, um, you know, you came to pick me up. Let me ask you, uh, were you nervous coming to see me? Uh, you know, I was just out of jail. What was your thoughts on that? I was so looking forward to seeing you uh, because, you know, I had some contact with your mom through the whole process and I know you got through some tough times and I was so looking forward to seeing you as I was today. Same thing. Just really looking forward to seeing you, man, and spending some time with you and getting a chance to share some stories and just reminisce about our time. And no, I was, I was excited to see it. I mean, I took you to my friend Dave Poulos's place in Burnaby at the Dutch, one of my closest friends. So that tells you how I felt about you. Well, yeah, I mean, I still, I, it's still, when I, when I think back on it and it's, you know, and it, it maybe, you know, I wasn't in nearly as good a place I am now. And I reflect back on that. I still, um, you know, it's, it's hard to believe that uh, you were even willing to, uh, come see me while I was in jail. I mean, my own dad didn't want to come see me in there. Uh, and uh, just it it was, uh, you know, I, I, I said it earlier, but I really wanted you to come, but I didn't want to subject you to it. But still to this day, Darcy, like that means so much to me. And I think what that's done for me personally, being able to reflect on that is, you know, as a, you know, with former teammates or guys that I knew or with or played with or against that are struggling. And, uh, you know, it's really opened my eyes to, to know that, you know, we need to be there for each other and that people struggle. And that's a big part of, you know, what I'm trying to do with puck support and, and all of that. And, and, you know, you're just such a real pro and a class act guy and you set the example for me, um, on how to treat people. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, um, you know, cause I'm telling you, there was nobody else. Uh, I, I'm so happy, as I said, to be part of your life, Brady. And uh, I, 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 you talked about that puck support. It goes on sale. Where, where can I buy the first one? Where I want to be one of the first ones to buy a golf shirt. Where? So I, I go to the website. Darcy, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll send you a link, but I, I'd love to, you know, you golf uh, three or four times a week. You were telling me, I'm going to have to get to your golf score here in a second, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that. We'll, we'll connect after the show and uh, I'd love to see you in, in one of these shirts on the golf course there at the Vancouver golf club for people that don't know, it's actually in Coquitlam. That's, that's exactly right. I live about uh, 10 minutes from the golf course, uh, live in Coquitlam, but the golf course is called Vancouver golf club. We've held, LPGA events here. We've had PGA senior events here, and uh, no, it's it's a. It's, I've been a member since 1985, just after I retired for the Canucks. A long time. Well, is uh, is Gino Ojic a member there? No, he's not. No. No. Okay. I thought for something told me he somebody uh, something told me he maybe was. Is there other hockey players that are members? Yeah, there? there's a few different ones. Uh, Harold Snaps. Okay. Uh, Caesar Maniego, former goalie with the Canucks. John Grisdale, uh, Doug Hallward. I guess are the four of us that are members. 
Dougie Howard. Wow. Um, yeah, I played I played with his son all the way through and uh, and know him very very well. Doug Junior, actually. Yeah, that's right. He'd be uh, probably a year older than you. No, he's same age actually. We're Is he? Okay. Yeah, he's an eighty-seven. So uh, yeah. Okay, I thought he was an eighty-six. Okay. Okay. That was uh, through. He wasn't a very big guy, but I'll tell you what, he threw that hip check like crazy. He must have learned it from his dad. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. So uh, tell me a bit about this trip you did across Canada. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, it it kind of just fell in my lap. I've been listen, Dars. I've been I've been thinking about this for a long time um, since I was a kid. Since Sheldon Kennedy did it back in 1998, because I was sexually abused. I never told anybody till I was 26, and so, uh, and really didn't tell anybody till I was in my 30s. Like tell people about it and get help. Now I'm doing the sexual abuse trauma counseling and all of that. But so that that was really close, near and dear to my heart. And obviously, Sheldon has become uh, a friend of mine, and uh, he's been on the show and. Uh, so I, I messaged, I've been thinking about this for a while and I, I, you know, I talked to Sheldon, I don't know, a week ago, I guess. And I said, Hey, before I, you know, announced it or did anything, I said, Hey, what do you think about me, you know, recreating your journey? I, I don't want to step on your toes. You've already done it. Uh, he's like, Brady, I support your vision 100%. So next spring, the plan is, uh, for me to start in Newfoundland. Um, uh, Terry Ryan, former, uh, Montreal Canadian first rounder, he's going to skate Newfoundland with me, uh, and hopefully people will join along the way. Uh, but yeah, it's going to take probably three to four months. It's, uh, close to 8,000 kilometers and we're, we're going to plan it all and, and have a team behind me and, and raise money for mental health and addiction for hockey players specifically. Um, and, uh, and possibly some other great causes as well. And, uh, I really just hope that it, it raises awareness and, and can do some good because as you saw it before, this picture, you know, I've connected with pretty much all the families. You see Mark Pavlich in there recently, Daniel Miner. Um, and now there's a, there's another one, uh, too, now that I need to add in there. And so, you know, right from NHL players, uh, down. And so it's, uh, there's a, there's a, I mean, this is life, Darcy. So there's issues, uh, inside hockey, outside of hockey. But what I know is, is hockey. And I dealt with some mental illness and obviously addiction. So I'm trying to, you know, bring bring the two together and 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 put it out there to realize, make people realize that you know what, it's okay to be not okay, and it's okay to have these issues. Uh, is and it's better if we talk about them and, and make people feel comfortable to get the help that they need and that they deserve, and, and then offer them that help, put supports in place. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think it's a, a very very important uh, project, at least it is to me. So that's the plan. Good. Well, that, that sounds awesome. And, and let me put it this. If when you get to hope or something like that and you want this old hockey guy, I'm there for you in support, whether I'm riding a bike next to you or in your car, whatever. But you have my support when you're out this way. I'll be happy to be part of your little journey when you get out to the West Coast. I did the same thing for Rick Hansen in 1987. I was part of his little journey. Rick was a good friend and he's a good friend. And I was, I was on his directorship. And so I was part of his Man in Motion World Tour. I did, did a couple little things with him too. So it's great. So if you need any old 68-year-old hockey players, part of your little journey, we get out this way. I'm happy to be part of it, Brady, because you're a classy young man. I'm real proud of where you're at right now. Darcy, man, come on. You, I would, I would love that, and I look forward to that. And that's, you know what, that I'll be – looking forward to that on the hard moments i'll be pushing i'll be like yeah i gotta get there darcy's waiting for me i let him down in 2006 i gotta i can't let him down now i can't let these people down it'd be my pleasure and, and please keep me in, in mind I'm, i would love to be part of that for you my friend
Yeah, that that's uh, that's really cool, and it's interesting you brought up Rick Hansen. I was I was talking about him what two hours ago, as I'm sure a lot of people do. The Man in Motion, and uh, I always think of, of that hill there in Coquitlam. Uh, my mom actually used to live on that hill, and he went up that hill. And uh, I remember, like, I walked up that hill a couple times, and that was hard. Uh, it's still mind blowing what what he did, and you know, obviously Terry Fox and and Rick Hansen, uh, they're pioneers, and and I don't even belong in the same sentence as those guys, even once I complete it. Uh, but you know, growing up in Port Coquitlam, Terry Fox's hometown, that's sort of the plan. Uh, Darcy is to, uh, and actually, my stepbrother's the mayor of Port Coquitlam. Believe it or not, he's only thirty five years old, and he's the mayor, uh, Brad West. Uh, I know, I know the name. I don't know. Is that right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I've, you know, and obviously, you know, there's a, a little bit of bad history there with my story and, and things, but I've since reached out to him and told him, you know, the plan that, you know, I'd like to uh, end in Porco Quitlam as the final event in my hometown. It's Terry Fox's hometown. Uh, it could be, it could be very cool. And I hope you'd be there. A hundred percent. If you let, give me notice, I'll make my schedule. I would love to be part of that with you, Brady, support you. You're a classy young man. I'm just so happy where you're at. You're just, it, it's, it's so neat. You know, you were down for sure in a tough, tough situation over the years and you've bounced back and just keep going the same way, my friend. And, and just real proud of you. Well, uh, I'm going to get to a, there's some comments coming in from, from viewers, uh, a couple questions. I'll let you go. But before um, we do that, my friend Stuart's telling me to give you a horn blast. So I got to, Yeah, I, I had to do it. Uh, but what's your? Let me ask you, what's your golf? What's your golf game like right now, Darcy? My goal, if I'm 75 or above, I'm not happy. I'm a I'm a two handicap, one two handicap. I've been a scratch. Right now, my handicap is two. I, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm not probably going to golf with you ever. But uh, maybe I'll I'll uh, carry your clubs for you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm an avid golfer, and I and I do a lot of charity events, Brady, in the summer where it's called the Happy Gilmore Rotor Shot, where I do a, I bring a miniature net, a left hockey stick, and a right hockey stick to a par three, have a fun contest with all the groups going through, and then I do a little golf shot competition with them all. So it's it's worked out really well, and kind of when somebody sees it, we do ours, and you know. So mm -hmm. last year with COVID, there was everything got canceled, but this year they're they're having some. We've got three appointments already to do them. But a little different. They're not shotgun starts. They're just staggered times, and there's no dinner afterwards because of COVID. But hopefully down the road, things will change. And that's why next spring could be great for you to start this journey across Canada. Well, definitely. And I, I really hope that's the case. And, and there's a lot of plans to, you know, host events as well, golf tournaments and, and different things down the road. Um, and I, you know, I'd love at some point, obviously we'll be having a, a golf tournament of some sort out in BC in the lower mainland. And um, I'd love, I'd absolutely love it if you'd come out and golf and it'd be in the next year. Or two. I'm happy to be there and do my, I could be there at a par three, do my happy Gilmore. We can talk more about that if it, if it comes to fruition. Brady, but I, I, again, I just keep repeating myself. You look so good and I'm so happy for you, man. I'm so happy and I'm so, and I'm honored to be on your show. And I say that sincerely and respectfully and where you're at right now is, is so good. You're, you're, you're full of energy. You're just your personality. You've always had a great personality, but I just, I just, I'm happy. I'm so happy for you, man. Thanks, Darcy. It really means a lot. It's been a tough go, and uh, 
There's uh, somebody watching that says also says you're a true pro. Um, one of your old teammates' brothers, actually. We got uh, Dean Smeal watching says uh-huh. true pro. So there's Steamer right there. And well, well, I, I had I had, thank you, Dean, very much. I had the extreme honor to play on a line with Stan Smeal on the right side, and Thomas Gradine was my center iceman, and I was a left winger. That's the year I scored 42 goals. We we had our best year ever, and whenever I see the the steamer, it's 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 such a special reunion because you know that 82 run, that group of guys was was fantastic, and and Stan was our was our captain, our leader, led by example, was a good player, and I loved that line that I played with the following year, scoring 42 goals. And uh, as Thomas Green would always say, I had Smeal and Rhoda. You think I was going to shoot the puck? Not a chance. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, hey, Darcy, listen, I know, I know you're, uh, I know you're busy, and in, in, in that, uh, would you do this again? Would you come on? Maybe we'll uh, we'll do a reunion show. We'll try to get a couple of the guys from. Uh, from 2006 team come on maybe tyler mcneely will come on or uh we'll get a couple guys together and, and we'll uh we'll talk hockey and and do this again man brady 100 how's that you you coordinate it and i i'm there for you i am just so happy to see you and 100 likewise, likewise darcy it's uh one of those golf shirts so only one of the first guys to get them so make sure you send me the information on it as as soon as the show's over, uh, you'll you'll be getting a message from me one hundred percent, man. It's okay. uh, it's my pleasure to uh, to get you one. It's uh, it's it's been so great to catch up with you. And before before I let you go, Darcy, though, I, I know I've said this, but just please know that you know your 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 kindness. Um, you know, just the fact that you were there for me when when nobody else was, and you were willing to be, and and you just. I can't even explain it. Growing up in Vancouver, the Canucks are the team. It's hockey. You were a, a Canuck legend that I saw everywhere. I got to play for your franchise. I let you down uh, after you gave me chance after chance after chance. You brought me in to speak to the team, and then I still had a hard time. I was in jail, not in a good way, and there Darcy Rota was, still asking about me, willing to be there for me. And when I was released, you took me out for lunch, and I will never in a million years forget that. And please know that that you know, was one of the, the kindest things that anybody has ever done for me because you know people do a lot of th- nice things for me now, which is great, but I'm doing things for myself now. I'm living a, a healthy, good life, so that's what happens. But I wasn't doing that, and you were still there for me. Well, Brady, again, you're very welcome, but I'm very proud of you where you're at right now. And, you know, you've now up like this in a mountain, not that valley and deep low, but uh, I would love to be part of your little journey when you're out this way. You know, if you'd like to have me around, if it works out, I'd love to be part of it. No no stress, no pressure, but uh, you're a classy young man. And again, we're we're just glad we've reconnected again here. And when I got that, Initial text from you about what two weeks ago, and you want to get me on. I said absolutely, 100%. And I'm, I'm just really glad. So you keep going, my friend, and, and and stay upbeat, stay positive. And you want to have another show with some of the 2006 or whatever the RBC champs? Absolutely.
Before we go, I do, I do have that picture. Oh, there we are. I'm not in, I'm not, sadly, I'm not in that picture, but, uh, you know, I played on that team. And interestingly enough, I'm supposed to be playing senior hockey this year. And you know who my, you know who our goalie is? Who would that be? Bryce Luker. Really? Right there. Yep. Front row. Yep. The, the Maxville Mustangs, Bryce Luker is the starting goalie. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a small world when you, when you're in the hockey community, that's for oh, sure. That, that's great. Yeah. That was a special group of, of players and staff and just, you know, when you, you five years, it took us to win the national championship and, uh, you know, we put all the building blocks in place in Coquitlam for the first four years. And of course had to leave in year five, our first year in Burnley, win the national championship and we won it in Streetsville, Ontario. That's right. And, and and even though I wasn't there, kind of felt like I, I won. And I want to give a special shout out. Uh, far left there, young kid with the blonde hair, Bill Reimer, stick boy. Yep. He texted me earlier and, uh, you know, he just wanted to uh, send send his best to you. And and I know he's watching. So Bill Reimer, oh, you. yeah, very cool. Well, hi, Bill. Yeah, Bill was our stick boy there and a classy young man and uh, was a big part of our team. And the players all love Bill. That's right. He was uh, he's, he was the man back then and, uh, and, and just a great – I call him a kid, but he's all grown up now. So <laughs> Exactly. That's what happens. Okay, Darcy, thanks, to, thanks so much for doing this, man. I, I truly appreciate it. And thanks just for being you and, uh, and, and just yeah, work on that golf game, though, because I'm coming for you. Okay, buddy. It, it was an honor and a pleasure, and I hope we see each other soon again, Brady. Let's stay in touch, my friend. Sounds Thanks, good, Darcy. We'll talk. We'll talk soon. Thanks, awesome, guys. That's uh, what a what a pleasure it is to connect with my friend Darcy Rhoda. Um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot there, right? I mean, I, I could have dove into some more war stories and, and told them a little bit more what was going on when I was playing with the express, but some things, uh, you know, some things are just better left, um, you know, maybe for my book. But uh, as far as my relationship with Darcy Rhoda, I don't even want to go back there anymore because it's, uh, you know, I, I thought I wanted to talk about more of that stuff and I, I'm looking at him and he's got that smile and he's kind and I'm just like, no, let's just let's just have some fun here. Let let's smile. Let's laugh. We don't even need, need to go there. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm so thrilled. And and uh, Darce, thanks, man, uh, for for everything, for giving me a chance uh, with the Express um, multiple times, by the way. Um, and you know, just give me the opportunity to come speak to the team. And then you know, the I've said it five times in the last hour, but him taking me out for lunch and. Um, you know, just wondering how I was doing all these, all those years. And uh, when somebody like Darcy Rhoda, you know, is, you know, extending his reach to you and stuff, it, it, it can't help but keep, keep you going. And, and certainly when I was behind bars, it was like, wow, you know, like gave me a little bit of hope. It took a long time still from that moment for me to kind of find myself and find my way. But you know, it's uh, he's given me a, a huge example of, of how to be uh, just be a good human. Just, you know, be compassionate, be kind. You know, I talk about this all the time. You guys know that. 
uh, there's no better example of it than than Darcy Rhoda. And uh, yeah, just just unbelievable. Thank you, Darcy. Um, a couple other things that I was going to talk about. Now you you know I've forgotten them because I didn't write them down, uh, of course. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's a tough world out there right now. You know what I mean? And I, I just want to remind people that regardless of where you're at um, or what your circumstances are, you know, there's always a way out. And I, I just hope that some way, somehow, you know, my podcast, any of my posts can somehow find just one more person. I know there's uh, quite a quite a few of you out there that, uh, you know, reach out to me and and I'm grateful for that. The fact that people are calling my phone uh, for positive reasons now, uh, it's, I never thought that I would get here. So just know that, you know, I'm not special. I'm not doing anything different than, than what anybody else can do. It, it's about just pressing pause and, and taking a good look at yourself. And, you know, if you're really struggling with addiction, especially and and you're having a hard time um, go to the mirror try to look yourself try to look yourself in the face see if you can look yourself in the eyes and 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 see how that makes you feel Um, you know and uh, the reason why I say that is because I couldn't do that for a long time and you know now I can I can legitimately go to a mirror and look at myself in the mirror and tell myself that I love myself. And it took me a long time to get here. And obviously I still think I have a long ways to go, but the conversation that I'm having in my own head, though, it's not completely, you know, 100% great all the time. Uh, it's certainly improving. And I, I shared this with the kids on the 360 goaltending zoom last night is, you know, be tough on your inner critic, you know, when you're, when your own head is telling you something, uh, or doubting yourself, question that question yourself, question that critic in your mind, because, you know, I believe that, that we're all capable of achieving amazing things. You know, it takes hard work. Yes. Uh, it's not easy, but you know, we're all special in our own way. We're, we're all worthy of being loved and, and finding a purpose in this life. And I just speak on my experience that it was me, it was myself that limited my ability to do anything. You know, um, going back to what Darcy talked about, he wrote in his, his grade four journal. He wanted to play for the Chicago Blackhawks and, you know, fast forward, you know, 15 years or whatever the math is 12 years there he is playing for the chicago blackhawks and if you know if you don't believe in yourself who will like at the end of the day who's gonna believe in in you if you don't believe in yourself and so just be tough on that inner critic it's 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 just garbage in your brain you know uh i can't i can't tell you guys that enough i i know it's hard i know that it's uh the most difficult time that maybe a lot of us have gone through with the world and changes and all of that, but nothing is bad enough to stay in addiction and nothing is bad enough to take your own life. If 
you ever get to that point, please reach out. There's help out there. I am not a professional, but I can certainly provide emotional support and would be happy to connect you with some of the resources that I have and things that have worked for me. So please just know that it doesn't matter how far down you go, there is always, always, always a way out. If I can do it, I promise you, you can do it. I, I swear, I was the worst of the worst in addiction, giving up, suicide attempts, overdoses, homeless, jail, and look where I am today. Things aren't perfect, but I'll tell you what, they're a lot better than they were, and uh, I, I believe anybody in any situation can can pull themselves out of that hole. With the right people around you and the right attitude, anything is possible. So um, if anybody who does want a golf shirt, I know Darcy wants a golf shirt. I know my dad wants a golf shirt. Uh, give me about, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes to, to put it on our website, on the store. If you want any of our other merchandise, I mean, we got... I think we have 70 different items now uh, with all the different logos and, and, and everything from mental health over hockey, puck addiction, like go puck yourself addiction. You know, that's my play on words with that one. I like that one. Um, and uh, it's okay to be not okay. You know, we, we all struggle. We all have our challenges. But don't sit, don't sit there alone and feel like you have to take all of your own problems on by yourself. The... Uh, I promise you there's support out there. And if you need support, if you need somebody to talk to, you can email me, Brady at PuckSupport.com. If I don't get back to you right away, I apologize, uh, but I will get back to you. Email is always the best way to reach me. But for sure, check out PuckSupport.com. And if you want to save 10%, you can use a promo code, never forget. That's going to get you guys 10% off uh, your total purchase and... Uh, yeah, we, we get it out to you right away. Um, before I go, though, I want to I wanna once again give a very special shout-out to uh, Kaylee Miner and the entire Miner family, uh, who is the family of Daniel Miner, former Barry Colt, who died of an overdose last month. Uh, we've been able to uh, honor Daniel. Uh, he's, you can see right here, we've been able to honor Daniel. He's in our clothing, and... Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, in all our clothing items, by the way, I don't have a puck support hat on. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but in all our clothing items, we have a, a name uh, of one of those that we've lost in this picture that you see uh, hidden away either in the hat or in the inside of a shirt. Uh, for example, it'll say Rick Rippin, 1984 to 2011, or Bob Probert, 1965 to 2010 uh, it's a way that you know we honor those that we've lost they're never ever ever going to be forgotten um, so you know support the cause um, pucksupport.com promo code never forget um, shout out to Stuart Smith out there in Abbotsford this is honestly like my second favorite hat that I have. And the only reason it's my second favorite hat is because I love my puck support hat, of course. Uh, but this is an Abbotsford fire department hat that I was, that was sent to me from my friend, Stuart Smith, uh, out there in Abbotsford. He sent me a box of shirts for the kids and Taylor and, uh, very kind, uh, kindly sent me a gift too. And Stuart, just know that your support means so much to me. And, uh, I, I absolutely love this hat. I mean, it's, 
it's slick. Let's let's be honest. So I wanted to show that off, of course. Um, the last thing I'm going to say, Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern, live on Instagram, uh, I am going to be going live with Declan Probert, one of Bob Probert's daughters who's become a friend of mine, who is also in recovery. She's only 20 years old, but she's also in recovery. Um, and uh, she's recently shared her story, but she's asked me to come on Instagram live with her to share my story, to uh, you know, help her uh, share her story. So 2 p.m. live on Instagram. Uh, it's going to be on my Instagram page, which is at Mental Health Hockey. Uh, that's my personal page. But if you're going to be on Instagram, you're going to follow one account. Please follow at Puck Support uh, to stay up to date with everything Puck Support. Uh, we got some some questions and comments coming in, but uh, but we'll get to those next time. Dean Smeal, uh, I'm sorry. Every time I order something new, you put you put new stuff out the day later. I know we're always getting new items, Dean. I, I apologize. Thank you for your support. Um, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been just, uh, it's been crazy to be honest, the, the support that's coming in from the different people and stuff. So I just know that I appreciate it. Stuart, proud of you, Brady. That golf shirt looks awesome. Going to order one. I bet it improves my game. I bet it doesn't improve my game. Every time I hit the ball, I never know which way it's going to go. But when I do hit it good, I'll tell you what, I can get a hold of it pretty good. I, I hit like, you know, usually my first shot off the tee on the first hole is always like 330 yards dead straight. And then from there, it's all downhill because I could crush the ball, but we never know where it's going to go. So anyways, guys, that's it. Time to wrap it up. Uh, thank you for joining me Sunday night, 8 p.m. Live with Mitch Moreau's former second rounder of the Edmonton Oilers. He's ready to share his story uh, of addiction and mental health too and uh really looking forward to having mitch on it's going to be a great conversation um i keep saying this last thing because i keep forgetting i want to give a very 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 special shout out to wacy rabbit former boston bruins draft pick i battled this guy in the western league still playing in the east coast hockey league today is his one year sober <laughs> congratulations wace Really, really proud of you, Wacey. Like, beyond proud of you, man. One year clean. Keep up the good work. Wacey Rabbit's going to rollerblade with me uh, in Alberta. So you guys are going to see him, and he's coming on to share his story real soon. Anyways, that's it, guys. I hope to see you guys Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern with Mitch Moroz. Be kind, be grateful, and remember, have a great day if you so choose. <laughs>